You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience. The validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. What's up, and welcome back to the 3 a.m. podcast. My name is Sean. My name is Charlie. My name is DJ. We're just a couple friends that like to tell stories, scary ones, funny ones, all kinds of stories, factual fiction, we don't care. No, we do. We, well... Yeah, we do. I don't like fiction. (laughs) But anyways, welcome back to another episode. Um, Has anyone been applying for jobs recently? I feel like you're an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I have been. I've been throwing a lot of resumes out there, dude. Dude, me too. I uh, haven't got – I feel like I have like one person reach out back to me so far. It's rough, bro. It is rough out there. I don't know why. Dude, the interviewing process, I think, is so trash, and I hate it. And I know a couple people who enjoy it, and I think they're psychopaths. Wait. What do you hate? What would you enjoy? I think, I don't know, I think it is the most disingenuous interactions, and it's so weird because you're like, they're like, well, why do you want this job? And it's like, because I want to eat, and I want food. Like, I, I need money. You know what I mean? And they want you to be like, because Taco Bell's my entire life. You know, like, I want to take the quesarito to the next step. And it's like <laughs> They took quesaritos off of their menu if you go to the store. And them. I know, they're regressing. No, I just, for the most part, in most of my experience with interviewing, it is all about how well you can self-promote. And, like, I don't even know what the trick is. You know what I mean? It's like, who knows what they're looking for? I had a great interview a few years ago when I was applying at the tech company, which was my last office job. I think I was still working there when we started 3 a.m. Mm. Oh. But uh, I think they were part of the new wave of companies that, <laughs> not quite Entertainment 720-ish, <laughs> but definitely in that direction where I think their number one priority was, are you a culture fit, they would call it. Like, do you, would you fit with, like, our company culture here? Mm. And the very first interview wasn't really an interview. It was, like, they asked you the questions and you sent in a video. So there wasn't another person, which sounds kind of odd. And it, it is. But the questions they asked were pretty, like, fun questions where they could tell, like, if you're a cool person, I guess. Mm. Which luckily I passed. Ooh, but the question cool. was like, where was your favorite place that you traveled to? Mm. Like, tell us about that experience traveling. Uh, okay. So I think it's totally on the employer to create that atmosphere. Um, of course, you still want to sell yourself, but you also want to see in the interview. I think a lot of people forget, like, if the company will fit you. Bro, I, yes, I 100% agree. Are you, are you finished? I don't want to interrupt. No, that's it. I had an interview this last week. And 
I don't know why, but I was like, I'm going to walk into this being 100% me with no expectations and like no worry if I don't get this job. Like who cares, right? Mm -hmm. Let's just go into this interview. And luckily, the person interviewing me, the second I walked in, they were like, I don't want this to be like a normal interview. Let's just have a fun conversation. And I was like, dude, we talked for two and a half hours. (laughs) (laughs) It was freaking dope. And at the end, I was like, I don't even care if I don't get the job. That was like a really fun interaction. But it was the most refreshing interview why because it wasn't like a job interview yeah that's yeah. my point is like job interviews are kind of doo-doo trash mm, yeah and i feel like if more companies could move towards this new wave just like finding out who you are as a person not if you can say all the right things right right which well, is what i feel like most job interviews are is like just say all the right things smile and not it's like don't be real don't be a person yeah I don't so know, like that's just my show thought. up with your interview self basically yeah. Did they hit you back though? Because that was, sounds like it was a good interview. How it? Yeah. Uh, without getting into the details, I'm meeting with the head of the department I would work at. I have to set up an interview with them. So nice, damn, that's big. That's nice. yeah, fun. Huh. It, it would be cool. And then after that, the CEO, CEO of Pornhub. I don't know, oh, <laughs> bro. <laughs> don't put it out there like that. No, they're in, they're based out of Canada. Uh, <laughs> a lot of my buddies in code school wanted to go code for them. Really? That's yeah. funny. Because they were like. Apparently, it's a really fun company to work for. You can work remote, and they'll fly you in once a week. Of course, like, it's remote. Yeah. I bet you it's a hard it's job to get. It's all online. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, but no, it was it was awesome. I loved it. Well, you you Good. threw me off with that comment. No. I had like one more point. <laughs> no, forget logic, dude. This is the oh, Eric Andre show. Uh, without revealing too much, this company has dabbled in podcasting and it's gone to the wayside because like no one wants to run it and it's like a lot to do yeah and i'm just like hey like (laughs) i run a podcast i could come in and run your entire shit for you and you know but anyway it would be awesome if i could do that nice dude nice but anything else with interviews i i I more just want to talk about like your guys's opinion on them how because there's also like aspects of it where it's a weird cat and mouse dance Mm. where they go like how much would you like to get paid and you have to be like as much as you're willing to pay me do you know what i'm saying yeah like there's all the government and taxes like well well, uh, we know exactly how much you have to pay but you have to figure out tell you (laughs) yeah and you have to you have to guess what you think i want to hear yeah and that's like the part i hate they're like how much do you want to get paid for it's like i don't know tell me how much you're paying and i'll tell you if that's like it's so dumb that a lot of like these uh, like listings don't show the pay either yeah it's like what the you can go to Glassdoor and they give you like a range of like other related fields but it's always like anywhere from 60 to 100k it's like that's almost double, <laughs> and yeah. then then that's they actually offer you forty. You're like, what yeah, the f-? yeah. No, dude, I uh, no, I don't want to say it. Uh, <laughs> there are crazy lucrative tactics to like sell you the job or to kind of screw you over to. In what way? You know how they're like on Airbnb, you reserve a place. It's like cozy home. It's like <laughs> you see if I see cozy. That I know I'm going to be sleeping on a futon, you know. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with like job descriptions. Ooh. You know. Yeah. It's like they add those adjectives in there to kind of get you to be like, oh yeah, this seems more fun than it really is. Yeah. One comes to mind. It's like, do you like wearing many hats, or like, do you like doing a ton? And you're like, okay, this is a startup, and I'm going to be doing like 36 jobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or they say like, we're really like family over here. 
that means there's a lot of drama. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I'm not taking this That means job. everyone's having sex, right? Yeah. <laughs> I need to start looking for those jabs, bro. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just like, before this interview, I had such a bad taste in my mouth towards job interviewing. And the yeah. whole like, the whole process of finding a new job, because it, I don't know, it, it's just a weird like, everyone knows everyone ha- is like trying to put on the best face and like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it, it seems disingenuous and I have a hard time with that. Like, Cause I'm just so real, you know, I've also had like the opportunity to like give those interviews too. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird. Like seeing people come in and I like try to ask like questions about them. Cause like the things that mattered to me mm-hmm. would be like, is this person have grit? Mm-hmm. Like meaning, well, if they ha- have something hard happen, are they going to be able to go through that? And like, I also wanted them to like teach me something that they were passionate about. So I would ask them questions like, yo, what, what are your hobbies? Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which I always thought like, was fun. I like working hard nine to five. It was through so Friday. dumb. Like some people would answer these questions like this. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, what do you like to do for fun? Yeah. Um, and expand my horizons. <laughs> I just love that. It's like, bro, like, tell me about Minecraft. I know your, your <laughs> dumbass is playing Roblox or something. It's like, yeah, be real for one second. And that's yeah. what I have a hard time with. For real. Yeah. It's like once they like say they get hired, once you start working there. Then you're stuck with them. Dude, it's like a relationship. Until the end, whatever oh, end that it is. It is, dude. So it's like, why aren't we open about this like from the get-go? Mm. <laughs> um, which leads me to my worst interview ever. <laughs> dude, yeah, these are good stories. And I can't remember if I shared this on the podcast, who cares? but who cares? Uh, it's our podcast. <laughs> up until this point, I had only worked pretty terrible jobs like a restaurant you know like it's not hey hey i was in a restaurant for 12 years no i mean <laughs> just kidding. in a sense that it's not like the biggest thing to put on a resume but like at that time like i was young and it was all i had and it's pretty common in a place like a restaurant to have terrible management like having terrible management and jobs like that is way more common than like a, I don't know, a flourishing tech company, you know. Um, Are you talking about the restaurant we both worked at? Yeah. Oh, duh. <laughs> anyway, so this was a Brazilian restaurant in Provo. <laughs> this was for an on-campus job uh, while I was going to school. So nothing too crazy. Someplace where I could be on campus and do homework, chill, <laughs> and make money at the same time. And the employer asked me. Tell me about your favorite manager. <laughs> and I wasn't even thinking because I was really comfortable in the interview. And I said, oh, I've had terrible experiences with my manager. <laughs> Immediately were you like, I've messed up. As it left my mouth, I was like, what the hell is wrong with you, dude? Um, and I tried to back it up. The and justify it, and it was, like, like, it was all them. I'm, and <laughs> I'm digging myself deeper into a hole. It felt like because it's like the restaurant we worked at; they were doing illegal things. Yeah, sexual harassment. And the other job that I had, <laughs> the employer played huge like favorites. Like literally, did not give me time off after working there for a year straight and giving everyone else time off for dumb things. Yeah. Yeah, so that was literally my experience, like work experience. I don't know. It sounds like there's a common denominator. 
but I still got the job. Hey, hey. so was the right answer. Yeah. You said so the right it, thing. It worked. You know? Maybe that dude. Honesty. Yeah, yeah, he just wanted to vent about his suck ass manager or something, and he's like, <laughs> "Bro, I I dig this guy." <laughs> That's funny. I the dumbest question I've been asked in an interview. Um, if you were on a deserted island, and there was an airplane on that island, how would you go about weighing it? What the frick kind of question is that? I think they just wanted to see like how you problem solve or like react yeah. to like a weird situation. Yeah, I've I've had that where they throw in like a literal monkey wrench of a question where it's like this tool like doesn't fit. <laughs> like, like fly the plane home, get on a way station there. The, okay, I just thought of another thing that grinds my gears about the interviewing job <laughs> process. You create, you craft this resume you stress about forever. You yeah. you steal every resume you can find from Harvard and all this bull crap online. Then you upload it to the website, and then the website says, "Go ahead and fill out all this information: <laughs> your name, your past uh, employers, your school." It's like I just uploaded my resume. Like, and then it asks you for a cover letter, bro. If a job <laughs> asks me for a cover letter, I'm not applying. <laughs> I'm going to the next one. It's as simple as that for me. And maybe that's their that's their barrier where they're like, we'll sift out the losers. Dude, I'm a loser then. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not writing a cover letter after I did all these other things. Hey, you already asked me to do like 15 things. Yeah. You. Uh, and it's like, I'm not even, I'm working for you. I'm not even getting paid. So, yeah. <laughs> Like this has taken me hours <laughs> for a yeah, possible. My timestamp is running. You know? <laughs> I don't know. So weird. Oh, it's gosh. fun. Dude, my iPhone broke. <laughs> We went and uh, kayaked the Provo River, and I get out, and I try to turn my phone on, and it does a thing called a boot loop cycle, or a boot loop. Basically, your iPhone turns on, shows the Apple emblem, turns off. Turns Mm. on, shows the Apple emblem, turns off, and does that until it runs out of battery. It started to heat up to the point where it was hard to hold. It was so hot, and I was like, dude, my phone is effed. I was so stressed. I didn't have a phone for like three days. And it was the weirdest three days. It's like, what do I do? I went running without music. Whoa, I went to sleep dude. without podcasts. I was like, I'm so bored. <laughs> I didn't have a grand awakening. I didn't, you know, I don't know. It was just kind of like, wow, this is weird. Anyway, I take it into Apple. They're like, basically, we can do three things. And if these three things don't work, you're SOL. And you can pay us $500 for the same exact phone. And... and- you're still making payments on the phone. I, I owed three hundred dollars on this phone, so I was like, "Oh, frick!" And it's like, dude, times are tight, funds are tight. It's like we we're trying to save to have children, and you know, one day pretend to buy a home or something. <laughs> so it's like literally every dollar counts, and I'm just like, "Oh man, I do not need this right now." So homie at the Genius Bar, he's a cool dude. He was like, "Dude, we do these three things. There's nothing else I can do, man." I'm like, "All right." So he tries way one, goes halfway, eh, corrupt. Try way two, goes like three-fourths. And I'm like, ooh, like it's going, eh, (laughs) doesn't work. Try the third way, doesn't work. And I'm just like, I had walked in with with the expectation of walking out, having to buy a new phone. So I was like, it's fine, dude, it's fine. And he's like, oh, sorry, man. Like, maybe go to your carrier, see if you had coverage. But other than that, there's, like, nothing we can do. I was like, oh, it's all right. And he goes, you know what? Let's just try one more time. And I was like, all right, for sure. 
let me throw some extra good luck on this thing. So I do the sign of the cross. I grab my phone and I do the sign of the cross on the phone. I basically do an egg blessing, you know, that we talked about oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple episodes ago. The dude laughs. He's like, ha, 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 plugs it in, presses the button. And both of us watch as it goes and completes. And my phone turns on. Fuck. Brand new, bro. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with it. It works like day one. And I was like, holy crap. And he just starts laughing. But I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. That's all I'm saying. Bro, know. something to that exorcism, bro. Yeah, yeah. You're a dumb nerd, dude. <laughs> it worked, bro. I'll be a dumb nerd. I don't have to pay 500 dumb, bucks. dude. <laughs> Save 500 bucks. <laughs> yeah. You buy a new phone. Your mistake is that you don't have a Samsung. Oh, uh, you gotta, you're Asian. You got to be loyal to Bro, to your you own know kind. where iPhones are made? Not in Hawaii. They're <laughs> <laughs> made in Asia, you idiot. Coconut wireless out here, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that an apple? Coconut. <laughs> Stupid. Dude, don't catch me with a Samsung. That's funny, though. Dude, I uh, all the Koreans that I know are heavy into Samsung. Koreans be prideful like that, dog. <laughs> Especially the northern ones. <laughs> I'm sorry, but for like the longest time, if I ever had like a green bubble pop up on my like messages, I'm like, I can't talk to this person anymore. Yeah. They don't have an iPhone. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to watch this green bubble on my messages. <laughs> it's kind of gross. <laughs> you know, we talked about the parade of homes and being poor. <laughs> In the last episode, bro, that's my, like, poor. If I see green bubble, I'm like, like At least I'm not that. Yeah. Yo. (laughs) Distance. You used to be a green bubbler. (laughs) Don't talk about it. (laughs) You've since switched. Why why did you switch? Uh, My wife. Okay. She had an iPhone. Nice. um, And her whole family had an iPhone. Some of my family members had it, but. You You joined the phone plan? The family plan? No, bro. My parents don't know I'm still on that plan. <laughs> bro, that's a <laughs> that's big brain. Yeah. yeah. That's high-level millennial. Oh, yeah. Hey. Wow. yeah. Milk everything yeah, and everyone, milk everything. including myself. Can you be do me a favor and be completely unbiased? Okay. Is it the hype? Is it hype? Is Apple hype? Did you notice an improvement in quality of life? Or was it like, who cares? Um... It's it's a give and take. So, for for me, iPhones like I love the usability. It's just easy to use, and now I have a watch and a laptop, and everything just kind of sings. And I've never had that before. It's like it just makes life a little bit easier. They call it ecosystem, and that's yeah. the reason I'm like the biggest proponent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Samsungs um, and Androids, like it's easier to customize it to do like crazy stupid stuff. And I think you could <laughs> still do it on an iPhone, but yeah, Samsung's just kind of like a nerd's iPhone, I think. <laughs> I, I didn't mind it, but I like I think I like Apple's better. True. It's like a PC and MacBook. Yeah. It's like if you have a PC, you're having fun with like your device. If you have a MacBook, if you're not a creator, like a photographer or videographer or animator. Graphic like designer. You're literally just going on Facebook. You're paying a ton of money to watch Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, I agree. Huh. Dude, couple things. Do you guys remember I covered a story in Australia called The Button Man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's Which an update, huh? Randomly, the story I told, I put a clip on YouTube, has like 4,000 views. 
It's like, what? Why? <laughs> like, it randomly, it just, like, pops off. A ton of people comment on it, and they're like, I'm actually going out to the, um, the Victorian, or I, I forgot I forgot where it is in Australia, but I'm going out there. I'll come back and report. I'll tell you guys. Oh. And so many people, different theories about what actually happened. Anyway, I'm on Instagram, and I see someone is writing and directing and shooting a Button Man movie. <sighs> So I hit them up, kind of told them we covered it, and they were like, bro, if you guys are down, we'll come on the pod, and we'll like, we'll tell you our personal scary stories, and we'll tell you our experience like making the movie. Oh, so it's, yeah. it's not set in stone yet, but it would just be cool to get them in here. That would be dope. Yeah. But I thought that was cool. Button Man movie coming. I'd watch that. I would totally watch that. That's <laughs> fire. Yeah. That's a good update. They followed us on Instagram. Hey, yo. Dude, we're legit. I know. Ooh, We've yeah. made it. <laughs> We've really made it. Um, I got a text from a good friend. Shout out Janelle. <laughs> and the text said like one sentence. Hey, my little sister wants to know, is it true you guys got approved by the church for missionaries to listen to the 3 a.m. podcast on the mission? <laughs> and I was like, oh, frick. No, that's just a joke <laughs> I said on air because I want more. Da- I want to milk missionaries for downloads, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yo, if uh, you're one of those fortunate ones out there to have seen missionaries on social media recently oh no <laughs> have a blessed day brothers and no. sisters <laughs> freak some of them are unintentionally hilarious but most of them i it makes me want to leave the church every time i'm it's like a- <laughs> it's the opposite effect of what they want I'm so like, remove for, my name <laughs> yeah for those of you not in the loop aka non-members aka sinners oh, God. <laughs> uh, missionaries of our church have been uh, getting on social media for the worst. Oh, bro. Uh, <laughs> like, there is already such a strong rep- or uh, what's the word? Hate. No, well, like, when you have like a, like, people have an idea of who you are, rep. Uh, rep. There's yeah. such a strong reputation rep about Mormons already. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And my whole life, I've battled it. It's like, oh, I thought you guys were all just like weird and nerdy and like corny and white. And my whole life I've done my best to like battle that in California by myself because I had like no Mormon friends or, you know. And these people are just undoing every all of, <laughs> all of my life work, bro. And like in 60 seconds or however long a TikTok is, they're just dancing away all my hard work. It pisses me off, dude. <laughs> dude, no one like... A small fraction of our audience is going to get this, and this is probably going to piss off more people, but I don't care. It is rough, and yeah. I cannot look away like a car crash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm enchanted and disgusted, but no, you can't listen to us on the mission. Sorry, I was just joking. Do it anyway if you're a dodgy missionary. Yeah, I was going to say, you can. you just... Yeah, breaking them rules, but <laughs> shout out. Shout out Sister Whitfeld. Hey. She just got her call. To Chicago, the Illinois Chicago mission. Hey, Chirac, bro. Yeah, she's gonna go kill it. Drill music. <laughs> go do TikToks to uh, Chief Keef. Yeah. <laughs> go baptize Chance the Rapper, Kanye West, Polo G. Yeah. Young nice. Chop. Young Chop on the beat. <laughs> it's funny. This feels weird shouting out missionaries. <laughs> yeah, no. Then we'll meet if you want to shout you out. Yeah. <laughs> That's called priestcraft. You go straight to hell for yeah. that. I love arguing between uh, different generations, <laughs> like calling 
calling each generation out on on their bullshit when we're all <laughs> we all guilty. got our own when bullshit. we're all guilty of <laughs> our own stuff. Bro, Sean and I were playing pickleball last night, and these high school boys walked in, <laughs> and I've never like felt more old in my life. But I was like, I hate everything <laughs> about this group of boys. All had the same haircut, all wearing the same clothes, all talking the exact same. Like a choker puka shell necklace, which in my, I, in like fourth grade, it was cool. And then like by the time I got seventh grade, it was death to your reputation to wear a puka shell. It was the <laughs> stupidest word I can't say anymore thing you could do, right? And all of them were just like, bro, like you're freaking dumb, bro. You're I so just shizzed all over oh, you yeah. last time you we played. shizzed on, bro. <laughs> And they were just like so loud, and I was like, "Dude, I want to fight all of these kids." <laughs> I like verbally was like, "I hate everything about that over there." <laughs> but honestly, it's like when I was sixteen, I'm sure a middle-aged man looked at me and was so upset. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent, dude. We were driving in Salt Lake, me and my girlfriend, and we were with a couple others, and we were all so upset at this Zoomer who was clearly going to prom with his crew. It's maybe like six or eight of them. And they're crossing the street to some ritzy hotel, and they're all dressed up in their tux and their pretty dresses. And the whole group's moving along. And then there's one more. One more couple. This kid with just the douchiest haircut, dude. With a, Dude, so many Zoomers have mullets now. Uh-huh. And I uh, so, like sometimes I want to think it's cool, <laughs> and sometimes I just hate it. And this is one of the well, times it was that cool I, like four years ago when it was Rebel, but now yeah. it's like mainstream. Yeah, so yeah. it's not cool you. anymore. You're doing it because it's safe. Well, he's crossing. He's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like all your fashion choices and stuff. It's because everyone else is doing it now. Uh, yeah, yeah. But when I did it, I was a f word. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Uh, oh no no. Okay wait. Finishing this stupid story. Uh, they're crossing the street, and his date had, like, a really long train. Her dress was really long, super beautiful and ornate. Bitch, it's prom, not your wedding. Yeah. Um, but I felt so bad for her because he was walking, like, 10 yards in front of her. What the? And she's struggling to, like, bring her dress across, and he's not helping her, and he's, like, not even with her. And the light had been red, and they crossed while it was red. I think she went because he he went. She was like, we should wait. So, it, it, like, the whole thing lasted 20 seconds. And your heart broke for her? And everybody, like, was trying to, like, people were honking their horns. He didn't care. He oh. He wasn't, like, hurrying at all. He wasn't trying to help her hurry across. Oh She's trying to catch up with him because he decided to cross the street when it was too late. And it made me so damn upset. (laughs) I try to think of what kind of dickhead things I did as a kid. And they came to my mind pretty quickly. (laughs) I can't get too mad because I (laughs) Kalima can tell you. Kalima and I went to high school together. I don't know if he wants to or if he can remember any. I don't know. Some of them include throwing food at homeless people and cussing out people in the drive-thru. I I got a DJ story. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) 
We go to lunch, and when it was uh, nacho day, we'd get in line. DJ would make sure he was in front of all of his friends. He'd take his tortilla chips, and then he'd use the tongs and smash up all the chips. <laughs> before he, before Bro, I was doing all of you a service. You know when you finish your bag of Pringles or Doritos? And then you waterfall it. Dude, that's, yeah, the all worst I, part. that's all I want. That was the best part. You stop right that's now. All stop I wanted. Trying to justify that's all your... I wanted for you guys. That's all I wanted. You have you know, it's a grow right it's now. Like a, it's like a, the end of a drumstick when you eat the bottom part of the cone, the ice cream cone. It's the best part. You remember that next time you're eating chips and I run up and smash your hey, back. That's fine. <laughs> if you were handing out the bottoms of drumsticks, that would be nice. That'd be lit. <laughs> See, but you weren't, you know, <laughs> bro, you're a dick, bro. You already know. Not anymore. Uh, I did not do this, but I also didn't um, speak up. But there was a kid on my water polo team who got picked on mm. quite a bit. He uh, wrote a love story and someone stole it and read it to the entire team oh. or a love letter to a girl. It was rough. It was rough. That's detrimental and at that age. Yeah. Yeah. Because a few years before that, it was like if your crush even knew you you had a crush on them, kill yourself. Yeah. <sighs> In my mind, it was like, well, I'm not doing it, so it's not bad. But looking back, it's like, no, you you could have been like, bro, that's effed up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I guess. But in high school, you're just kind of like, if it's not me, you know? yeah. <laughs> like so weird. Why? No, it's just like the mentality. Mentality is just like. <laughs> neanderthal oh 100 <laughs> dude it's a prison like you were with convicts i went to sc- i went to high school with legitimate murderers drug dealers like gangbangers crazy people prostitutes half of them of the class was gone because they were pregnant by like sophomore year like i went to a crazy effing high school the richest of the rich i'm talking billionaires to like poor nothing it's like i saw a lot <laughs> yeah we had a pretty widespread like there was a lot of different social classes in our high school, and it was cool because, for the most part, everyone got along. You know, besides like individual beefs, like everyone there were like everyone got along. I felt like mm-hmm. whether you're rich or poor or stupid or ugly, <laughs> pretty. Um, but we had we had similar types, super rich people. We, there was a girl who got famous stars and strap tattoo. I remember. <laughs> I was like, that's trashy, but we're friends. That's rough. That's a tramp stamp. I was like, you're 15, but (laughs) solid life choice. Bro, here's the thing. (laughs) To get a corporate logo on your your body tattoo. Trends come and go. Really? I I think at some point we're all a victim of like playing a part in a trend, right? And so I see these kids and I'm just like, bro, you're going to look back in like five years and you'll be like, wow, I was a dumbass, you know? It's because like I did that. Oh, everyone has we that. We all do that. Everyone has that. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's like I'm giving them a hard time, but at the same time, I'm way guilty of it. Definitely had the puka shell. Definitely had the pop collar. Bro, the, the visor upside down, dude. Oh. All of it. Which is like cool now. You would have been so <laughs> yeah, cool dude. now. I, I am still cool right now, yeah, bro. Yeah, that's what I meant. Anyway. All I'm saying is, at one point, we're all going to do something stupid and look back and be embarrassed. <laughs> There's several things to look back, and I just want to go to the grave. I'm so thankful that most of my life isn't online. 
Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of my life that's like not even, dude, I used to make cartoons in high school that I, I'm like, bro, I won't own, I probably won't only be canceled. I'd be arrested for these cartoons. <laughs> not really. That's hyperbole. That's joke. But I recently, I made them with a friend and they had the, the like login credentials for them. And I was like, go in and private all of those, bro. Like <laughs> no one can see these ever. Yeah, dude. I can think of like three or four things that literally nobody knows <laughs> except for maybe like the people who are involved and they've long been like removed from my life. Yeah. Um, that I, <laughs> I don't know if I can't tell wait for the, I can't, no, I'm not telling you right now, but I think there might be a day where I will share it with <laughs> like enough time. Close people or like if we're, <laughs> if we're balling enough, I'll share it on the pod, dude. you know? So 3am, patreon.com slash 3am pod. Yeah. Or I'll take it to my grave, but for, for now, it's to the grave. And here's the thing. Everyone has something like that, bro. Yeah. And that's, I think, I don't know. It's something to keep in mind. It's like the second you start condemning someone, pause, go through your life and do an inventory. And if you're guilty of anything like that, shut the f*** up. <laughs> That's why cancel culture is shit. I agree, like, bro. We're all just going to cancel each other. Like Everyone <laughs> will yeah. be canceled. Yeah. Everyone has done so something dumb, shitty. Dude. Yeah. I don't um, get it. At least like looking at like digging into like tweets from 2010. <laughs> That's dumb, dude. If anything, it's like, okay, but isn't this a representation of how that person's grown? And isn't True. that what you want? Yeah. Someone you know, to change and get better? You know who's not no, growing? No, we cancel them. You know who's not growing? Chris Brown, dude. Oh, Chris Brown. Said it. Bro, we've been saying this forever. <laughs> I have always and like, I've seen memes and it's like, if you call yourself a feminist and listen to Chris Brown, lose my number, dude. bro. <laughs> it does not make dude, sense. I never own, have gotten Eat it. your own shit. <laughs> it's, uh, he just, uh, assaulted another woman he's a serial Mother offender let's play game it, let's play game real quick how many assault charges or accounts has does chris brown have it's like 30 bro do you want to google it don't put it up there because i want to guess i'm gonna, I'm gonna say, say 23 I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 29 oh what are we doing this say, price is right say 30 yeah. <laughs> 30 and i one did cent. say 30 bro okay 30 29 <laughs> 23 it's probably like four. <laughs> There's no set number. Oh, Google, what the hell? Unlimited are you there power for? up here. <laughs> They're like, we're going to keep an open Emperor tab. Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, what was that like? <laughs> I was trying to. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012. Oh, no. These are just all of his, like. Uh, oh, 2000. Yeah, it's just, it's just a list of years. <laughs> it doesn't list how many times in those years. Okay, we'll um, do some more research and we'll come back to it. Yeah. It's got like a list of all the things he's been arrested yeah. for. Riri's got to count for 10 on her <sighs> own. Bro. Dude, it's a dark subject and I don't understand. Here, Here's something I've been really struggling with and I've heard it a lot in conversations recently. I will hear someone of a particular persuasion, left or right, and when they hear... Um, left, left and right, both sides. Yeah, yeah, left or yeah, both sides. That's what I'm saying. 
when they hear critical news or potential like um, incriminating things on people on their side, they offer all the grace in the world. Well, that's not what they actually meant. What they meant was this. No, they weren't actually saying that. If you listen closely, what they meant was, and then they hear something on the other side, and they're like, that's exactly what they meant. They probably meant something even way worse. I can't believe <laughs> they said that, and I just don't get it. I hate that. It's like, no, be honest and be critical of like both. It's yeah. like blood in the water, or they like plug their nose. It's yeah. like, there's no blood, there's no water. Yeah. It's it's so annoying, and like we saw it with Chrissy Teigen a couple weeks back, where it's like, I don't know. I hear people who are like defending her, and some people were like, "Well, she was like the queen of canceling people." I don't, I don't, I don't want to go into that. Either way, you just got to be able to cancel everybody. Yeah, <laughs> everyone needs to get canceled everywhere, and then at that point, we can start over. <laughs> it's like, so what now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. Let's cancel the segment. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Let's roll. <laughs> Start these stories, bro. I eat. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you're needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash 3am. So when the scammer uses the hypnotic method of building rapport, then they create dysfunctional, delusional reality. That's how a scam begins. Convincing the mark that it makes perfect sense to hand over their money to a con artist. The Scams and Cons podcast tells you how scams are run. You'll hear how people are convinced to buy fake art, buy machines that print money, or steal your house. I get a phone call from my wife and she let me know that they had decided to move all our stuff out. I can no longer do anything about it except go through an eviction. And you'll hear it from the experts. People who run the cons. So we go to your bank, you go in and get 6,000 cash, give us each 3,000, we give you this. Uh You go home and what you find out is cut up newspaper. It's fun to know how the trick is done. And that's what Scams and Cons is all about. Listen at scamsandcons.com or wherever fine podcasts are found. Now we roll our 20-sided die. See who goes first. Highest number goes first. Six, thirteen, two. Ooh, order is DJ Charlie. Sean. All right, my kings and queens. Listen up. <laughs> this is, in fact, a true story. Ooh. Coming from a one, Dr. Richard Gallagher. <laughs> Let me give you this guy's resume. Board certified psychiatrist. Got his bachelor's degree from Princeton, went on to study at New York Medical College, Yale, 
currently teaches at Columbia University. Hmm. Pretty smart guy. He's well-renowned in the field of psychiatry, well-respected by his colleagues, and he's also an official member of the International Association of Exorcists, which is recognized and fully funded by the Catholic Church and, and based in Rome. Extensive boys club <laughs> that uh, takes a lot to get into, I assume. So this is, uh, this is his background. Dr. Gallagher said, I've spent 25 years helping clergy distinguish between mental health illness and what he calls and what I call the real thing. Ooh. So in a bunch of interviews that I've watched with Dr. Gallagher, he's had a lot of really cool um, perspective with his approach to things within science and things with, uh, within the spiritual he doesn't believe that they're mutually exclusive. Uh, he, t- he ties them together a lot. He proclaims himself as a man of science. And he says, I follow the evidence. I follow what I see and what I hear in my experiences with people who need exercising. An interesting note or an interesting comment from him in a particular interview, he says, I, I do spend more time convincing people that they're not possessed than they are. So that was something that he wrote in an essay for the Washington Post. So his approach to everything from what I've seen seems pretty reasonable. Yeah. Sounds like my kind of person. You're kind of guy. I knew that you would <laughs> appreciate all of that, you know, especially with his background. And he talks about he, – he grew up Catholic and he says, I, I don't believe – all of this because I'm Catholic, you know, even though that I am Catholic, it's literally, I follow the, the evidence. evidence. Yeah. You know. Which is a radical idea in this day and age. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he has, it's funny cause both sides listening to us are laughing. Yeah. You're like, Oh, it's the left or oh, it's the right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. He has, some insane stories, but I'm going to start with uh, one of his colleague's stories. So he has a colleague, also a doctor. His name's Jeffrey Lieberman or Lieberman, also a psychiatrist. And he specializes in people uh, who have schizophrenia. So Lieberman was asked by the church to examine a videotape of an exorcism that he pretty quickly dismissed as a farce. He thought it was pretty unconvincing. He didn't believe it. That was his initial reaction. And this is Lieberman? Yeah. Okay. Yep. He gave his, his write up and the church said, we're not going to stop you here. One more thing. We're going to have you meet the girl in the video. They meet up and Lieberman's only words that he had to say about it was, she freaked me out. <laughs> so going from unconvincing to freaked me out is a pretty far jump. <laughs> Especially for a man of science. Yeah. Mm. So Lieberman 
uh, who at the time was the director of the New York State Psychiatric Institute, continued to visit this patient with a colleague of his, um, a therapist. And after visiting with this girl, they switched their opinion and viewed her as possessed. They worked with her for a month, two months, three months, six months, and none of their efforts were helping. They weren't able to get to her and crack the case uh, like they helped or rid her of this demon possessing her. Mm-hmm. So after they had no success, they sort of gave up, I guess, passed it on to somebody else. But a part of the treatment with this girl remained throughout the months following that he couldn't explain. So after visiting with this girl and the following months after that, Dr. Lieberman would would get home and the weirdest things would happen, ranging from pictures falling off the wall to lights turning on and off by itself, him watching objects move by themselves slowly, uh, to piercing headaches. And he dealt with this for a little while. And over time, they kind of subsided and stopped. And he never really told anybody. Till one day, he was hanging out with his colleague, the therapist who was helping him throughout the trials. And he said, oh, yeah, I remember when, uh, when we were visiting her or going through all of the tests, um, I would go home. All these things would happen to me. <laughs> Freaking A, dude. And the therapist listening, wide-eyed. And when he finishes his bit, she said, literally all of that happened to me as well. Just confirmed their experience, validated their experience, um, knowing that, you know, Dr. Lieberman wasn't the only one, that his therapist also experienced that. And I think they passed the case on to... Dr. Gallagher, the original doctor here. So Dr. Gallagher has been cited by uh, a bunch of his colleagues as the exorcist we go to when all the other exorcists fail. <laughs> Insane to be in that position, right? Level 10. Yeah, level, yeah, level 100 exorcist <laughs> right here. Um, He's your exorcist's exorcist. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Dr. Gallagher, there's there's quite a bit that you can uh, research yourself. He's he's written a book, and uh, do you know if he's still alive? Yeah, he. I'm pretty sure he's still alive, and I feel safer. I have a picture of him here, just a normal, old looking, white cisgendered male. You I don't know? like. I don't. I don't know why, but he's <laughs> looking into me. I don't. Like this. He's also looked into the eyes of demons. Yeah. Too, so yeah. So. I've shared his, uh, one of his colleagues' stories. Dr. Gallagher's story, at least the one that stuck out to me the most, it gave me the chills while I was reading it. And it was a call to help a woman who pro- proclaimed that she was possessed. 
And he felt pretty strongly from the get-go that she was telling the truth. And this woman said that she was the queen of Satan himself. And the queen of Satan story is one that I will be sharing with our patrons. (laughs) So we'll see you in a little bit. Yo, we're back. Uh, We now have a new fear. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's like when you find new things, you're like, wow, I never realized I needed to fear for that. Yeah. (laughs) It ruins my life. Just pile it on. Yeah. (laughs) Frick, dude. It's not like it ever, like it, it only grows and never lessens. Uh, And that's the, that's the one subject that like really does get me. So I'm already (laughs) super looking forward to the ride home tonight. (laughs) But is that you? Yep. That's me. Thanks, my G. Okay. Then I'm up. All right. My story comes to us from a listener who wishes to remain anonymous because they themselves are still trying to process their experience. Who was it? So we're going to call this person (laughs) Johnny. Can we we know? I'll tell you after. Okay. They just said this is Northern California, Southern Oregon area, deep wilderness. Nice. They are an avid backpacker. Sick. They've grown up in the wilderness their whole life. They've, they're really comfortable outdoors. Respect. And have never, ever encountered anything that made them um, question their love for the outdoors. Legit. Until this. Ooh. They work to backpack. They... Every backpack, they're just looking forward to the next backpacking trip. (laughs) And Johnny had been planning this one for a while. He had gone this direction, but he'd never gone this far. And it's going to be a multiple backpacking trip or day trip. Mm -hmm. So he starts his journey, and it's everything he wants, everything he needs from from, uh, these trips. Further away he gets from civilization, the less he's talking, and he's more in his head, and he's really starting to dig into, like, you know, Deep thoughts, being alone. Yeah. It's been a day or two since he's seen a human. And the last time he saw someone way off in the distance, he could barely see someone moving, you know, through the mountain. So he's several days in. He's high, super high up in the mountains. Not on weed. (laughs) High up (laughs) elevation-wise. And he comes up into this new area, and it's beautiful. It's like his ideal spot. So he decides to... He's going to spend like a day or two around this area, sets up his tent and uh, decides he's going to go hiking and he's going to summit the next day. There's like a peak. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the top of that peak. It's going to have beautiful views. Sick. And in setting up, in looking around, he comes across a beautiful high elevation river. And I think if I have a photo and he didn't send this in, but this is what I imagine when I think about it. Something like this. Oh, okay. That looks kind of dope, though. So he's making his way up through this, like, difficult terrain. There's no set path. He's bushwhacking. He comes through these bushes, and he sees a beautiful river moving super swiftly, lined by both sides by rocks, and then very quickly from those rocks, straight up trees, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, perfect. This is going to cut a straight path to kind of where I want to start my summit. So looking around, taking the beauty in pretty quickly, he starts moving on the rocks. And the rocks, you know, they're big river rocks. So he has to watch where he's going pretty pretty strictly. Yeah, or else he's going to bust both his ankles. 
Have you guys ever had the situation or the sensation of walking into a room, walking into a building, thinking you're alone and then realizing you're not? And it's so startling, so abrupt. Yeah. Uh, a week ago, we were, uh, I was helping my girlfriend. It was a really busy week at work. And she was working like 12 hour days in the office. And it was Sunday night, and the big day was Monday. There were some last minute things. We had like a busy day with like family dinner and stuff. So she's like, let's just go after family dinner. By the time we get to the office, it's like 10 o'clock at night. And we have to, we're, we're there until like one in the morning. Like I'm just helping her do a bunch of stuff around the office. And we're in the cubicles and I hear a noise for the first time, <laughs> like after being there for an hour, after just silence in the office, you know, air conditioning's not even on because they turn it off after work hours. I'm sweating. It's hot. And I hear somebody walking towards us. So I'm like. Crouching down into the cubicle, <laughs> just waiting. Primal it's, fear. It's the security guard. Oh, uh, yeah. But he was like, "Oh yeah, I was, I've just been watching you guys. Wanted to come to check up, see if you guys are doing all right." Oh, <laughs> I was like, "Uh, thank you." Bro, can you call security? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you. Thank you, Paul Blart. Yeah. <laughs> you made me Paul Shart. <laughs> um. So I don't know if that counts. Sorry, I just no. I hope I didn't disrupt your rhythm. Not at all. But. So Johnny's watching the rocks moving up the river, thinking he is the only living soul up on this mountain. Mm-hmm. When he hears a noise from across the river, and he looks up, and his blood runs cold, because in the middle of the river, he sees standing on a rock, a woman. And this woman. Is facing away from him. Pale skin, normal clothes, completely dry. She's standing on a rock in the middle of the river. Do you want to bring up a... Did he snap a pick? Oh, no. my freaking hell. I did this just to kind of show you what it looked like. <laughs> if I see that, bro, hell nah. I'm out. Bro, we need to start photoshopping our pictures I'm gonna more, but like it. blatantly, like not trying to be like discreet or anything. <laughs> she's standing facing away from him. She's barefoot. She's completely dry. None of it makes sense. And he has that feeling of like thinking he was alone and no- realizing he's not and he's terrified. <laughs> so he doesn't know what to do. She obviously is aware of his presence because he's not moving quietly on these rocks. So he's like, I could turn and run. That's weird. Like, there's a weird etiquette in the wilderness when you come across another human being. Yeah. And and kind of it is make yourself known and, you know, stay out of each other's way. That's kind of what it's like, right? It's all unspoken, though, you know? It's like... Yeah. So sitting there, he decides, okay, I'm just going to turn, slowly walk that back down where I came from in the opening of the trees, like 100 feet back down the river, and I'm just going to leave it alone. So he turns... And starts to walk. And he dislodges rocks and makes a loud noise. And now he knows she knows. So he looks back. And this time she's heaving silently. And watching her, he says, sorry, just passing through. I wanted to look up or I wanted to go up and summit. 
She doesn't respond with words. She starts to gurgle. And he said it was the back of the throat like she was drowning. Sufficiently freaked out, he just turns and starts running. And as he's running, he hears a loud splash. Oh, my God. So he skids to a stop, looks back, and the woman is gone. Looks up and down the river, and there's no sign of her. He waits and waits and waits, and no woman surfaces in the water. So deciding he's not going to risk it anymore, he sprints back to his camp, packs everything up, and just starts hiking. He's like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. I hiked well into the night because I wanted to get as far as I possibly could from that spot. He sets up camp in pitch black dark, just a headlamp that like goes out a couple feet and is swallowed by the darkness. Gets into his tent, gets into his sleeping bag, but he cannot sleep. He cannot stop thinking about the gurgling sound he heard. (sighs) So he gets out of his tent. He grabs his buck knife, builds a fire, and sits there all night. All he can hear is the fire. All he can hear is the fire, but every once in a while, he thinks he can hear the gurgling sound in the trees near him. He said, I, it was the most scared I have ever been in my entire life. I have no idea what it was. I have no idea what I saw. But the next morning, I hiked right back out. I did two days of my hike in one day, and I haven't gone back to that area ever since. Smart. I don't know about that, dude. That's that's sketch. I wonder if he would drop a pin. <sighs> I can message and see. But and I'm not going, does, dude. I'm going, bro. <laughs> oh, no. Dude. Oh. Oh. When he first started talking about... Her making the gurgling sound, dude, my, I started welling up with, oh. like, tears. <laughs> he, my eyes started gurgling. <laughs> he said, at the very least, I, like, saw someone kill themselves because they didn't come back up. But at the very, it, but they had, he's like, they had no business being up there. That They had no supplies. The clothes they were wearing was not appropriate for the temperate, or the temperature in, in the terrain, barefoot. Yeah. The fact that they were dry on that rock means they had, like, swam out there or, like, rafted out there they had swam out there and they were there for hours to the point where they were dry yeah or they had like rafted out there and then like got rid of the raft or something either way none of it makes sense there's no explanation and he's like i'm a yeah he, he's saying he doesn't really believe in the paranormal but he has no way of explaining dude that's kind of the worst too like when you really are kind of a skeptic on things like that and then you can't explain something hmm Dude, when he described reading his words and he described it, do you remember the White Witch from Left 4 Dead? Mm-hmm. It reminded me of that. Wow, that's a great description. Just like standing alone, and if you make a noise, oh. she knows you're there, then she's coming for you. <laughs> Isn't there a lady, like a white woman on the road to Hana? It's like, if you don't pick her up. Well, I feel like I've heard that too, She actually. freaking makes you crash. Yeah, you drive off the cliff. You're supposed to pick her up. Supposed to give old Tutu a ride. Frick. <laughs> but damn. Anyway, that, that's, a, that's all that I have tonight. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. 
Shout Dude, out that Johnny. Line, at the very least, he watched somebody kill themselves. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like what's what's above suicide? <laughs> you know. Because that's the very least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, thanks, Charles. No worries. Thank you. Shout All out. right, guys. I'm gonna finish this off tonight. Tonight I have a listener submission again. Yes. And it comes from a listener. The name on the story was Mar or Mare. I hope I'm pronouncing that right in one of those ways. But she um, told a story of an experience she had back in college. She went to college at Hollins University, which is located in Roanoke, Virginia. And it's an all-girls university, I believe. And it also is known for being one of the most haunted colleges in America. If you want to bring up, I have a photo just of like one of the buildings that's supposedly haunted. Can I just say I dig the photos? <laughs> Is this the same like uh, American Horror Story, Roanoke? Ooh. Yeah, like Roanoke, Virginia, Roanoke. So this is one of the buildings that's allegedly haunted. And the next picture that I put on there has like some information just on it. Typical um, East Coast college brick. Looks beautiful. Just the has fall like leaves. That. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, most of the stories involve Presser Hall, like on campus. And this is Presser Hall. And that's the music department where some students have like experienced being locked in their rooms or seeing chairs being dragged across the floors or hearing like phantom music at night and stuff like that. So it's one of the most haunted universities in the U.S. And there are plenty of spirits on campus. Our listener, Mar or Mare, said her experience was with Jenny. She couldn't find any information on Jenny, but heard about her through the lore of the first-year students. Jenny lived in the first-year's dormitory and was most active in Hall C, third floor. She lived in Hall C, first floor. <sighs> now, she mentioned there would always be, like, weird things that would happen, like uh, they would hear, like, furniture being dragged across the floor or people running up and down the halls, and all of the RAs or other students, they would all deny it was them. That's not us. We're not running around third floor, right? So during all of this time, she also mentioned that students in Hall C would leave candy on their door for Jenny. Oh. So it was kind of like this thing that they would almost engage with as well. <laughs> that's that's almost like a lot of ethnic cultures. They like feed their past loved ones. Like when they all eat at the table, they leave a seat empty with a dish there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess it's kind of a nice thing for Jenny. Like she got all this candy just left out for her. Um, but what, a, what an American ghost. <laughs> just sugar. 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 <laughs> Super us. And she's being told that from all the other first-year students that there's tons of ghosts on campus. Like she's being told all these stories. And like literally she says here, uh, f- I hope that they don't come after me. <laughs> she's like, I'm just trying to learn math. I'm just trying to learn here. <laughs> so she's literally going to Hogwarts. <laughs> Everyone's doing defense against the art, dark arts. She's like, I'm just trying to go to politics, American <laughs> politics 101. Yeah, American lit. Just leave me alone. <laughs> so she says during her first semester here at college, she had a dream. And the dream was of a girl 
a little girl who kept waking her up. She says she remembers distinctly because it was a Sunday night. The next morning, she had a quiz that she had to take early in the morning. So this is like kind of upsetting that she's being woken up. So she mentions she would wake up and there was this girl, this little girl standing in the corner of the room, just staring at her. And this happened four other times that night. And she, she recalls she wasn't scared or anything. It was just more annoying than anything. And she thought this entire time she felt that she was just dreaming. Like it was this random dream. Now the next morning at the Moody Dining Hall, which is what I guess it's called, all of the girls on her side of the hall were talking about how one of the roommates slept soundly and all of the rest kept being woken up by a little girl. So all within this hall were being woken up by this, this little girl. And then all of a sudden she, like it occurs to her, I'm part of this. Like I experienced this with all of you. And they tell her how she had seen Jenny, the tinker ghost, because this building is also the tinker building. Mm. So to her, she's not, at this point, she really wasn't much into the supernatural. And so she didn't put much weight on it. In fact, she didn't even think about it after a few days. And then nothing happened to her again until a buddy came to visit. Now, he was actually crashing in their room that night, and he was just sleeping on a giant beanbag that was set up next to their bed. And to give you a layout of, like, the room, um, they had, like, the beds and then the beanbag on the side, and then there's this big vanity right across from them with this mirror. And she mentions this is before she knew not to sleep in front of mirrors because portals and stuff. But from her bed, she couldn't see herself in the mirror. She could see above her on the wall and back into the corner of the room. Holy shit, dude. I just realized something. What? Oh, what are you doing? There's an empty, like, there's space between her head and the room. So, like, the space above her bed. Like, she, when she's in her bed and looking at the mirror, she doesn't see herself because she's looking up into the mirror and just sees, like, the oh, space okay. above She's, her. like, lower at, like, the angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Okay. Real what quick. did you just realize? Uh, you know how I see things all the time in my sleep? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And I've been seeing a ton of stuff, like, at my door at my house, like, the lady in her head and all that stuff. Yeah. I, we moved in a couple years ago, and I have a huge mirror that is on the floor behind my door of my bedroom that I never hung up. And it's always there. And that's, like, right where I see all the weird stuff. But I've moved it, and I have literally thought, like, wow, I don't see things in my sleep anymore. <laughs> and I'm kind of thinking those, like, line up. <laughs> Just the mirror's not there anymore. Yeah, I moved the mirror out of our room. The portal's not there anymore. Yeah, I know. But it's like literally what? right where I would like see things. It's like right yeah. there by the... Huh. That's yeah. sketch, bro. You said that and it's just like... I was like, wow, I think that's it. It could be. Anyway, sorry. sorry. It's okay. But anyways, back to Holland's University. She's mentioning this layout like how she can see into the mirror, but she doesn't see herself. It's just because of the angle she sees up above her bed. And the same goes for like the bed next to her or the beanbag. So they go to sleep that night. And then when her friend woke up and the next morning, he was really eager to tell her about this really weird dream that he had. And as he starts, 
to like tell her the story, she interrupts him and says, oh, were you being woken up by a little girl? And he's like, yo, that's crazy. How did you know about my dream? And then he told me about what his dream was. He said, once during the night, he woke up and there was this little girl sitting on the edge of her bed watching him. So on the beanbag, he kind of just figured it was a dream, went back to sleep. Hours later into the night, he wakes up once again and this time looks into the vanity, which points up above her bed and sees her hanging from a noose, just swinging back and forth. And at this point, freaked out. He thinks he's still dreaming. He's still asleep. He tries to put it out of his head. <laughs> Needless to say, she was very freaked out by this information. It was much different than the story that she had, or the dream that she had had, but still the same person. Nothing else happened while she was living here in these dorm rooms. And she said she recently went back to the same building and it was no longer a room, a dorm room anymore. It had been turned into a study room. Hmm. So no one else hopefully was going to have to experience that anymore. It was shortly after that, that she had to take like a fun class in college. She decided to take a, it was horror film class. And this is what got her into scary stories. Mm. And ultimately what led to a 3am podcast and sharing this story. But anyways, that is her experience with Jenny, the tinker ghost. I'm not going to lie. I was like, okay, mid tier ghost sighting. I was like, okay, it's a kid ghost. Like seems pretty benign, but then like seeing that, seeing the hanging from a noose, that takes it to a whole new level. Makes it so (laughs) worse. Like, oh no, (laughs) I can't wake up. (laughs) Wake me up inside. Uh, immediately the like ghost hunter in me is like, she wants her story to be known and how she passed, you know? So she told her story. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I kind of relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it for me tonight, guys. Don't you have a scary story involving another Jenny? Dude, that's <laughs> the scariest story of all, bro. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I thought of that in the beginning and I like could not get it out of my head. Oh, that's so funny. Our listeners, you'll never know. <laughs> uh, thank you that's so fun, much. It'd be fun to go to a college where it's like where they have a lot a of super lore. rich history and lore. That would yeah. be so fun because it's like something you all could bond in and then like little traditions like leaving the candy and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be rad. I dig it. Uh, Instead, decide to live in Provo. Yeah. And said I dropped out. <laughs> what's what's the Provo tradition? I don't know. Soaking. Ah! <laughs> I don't know. There there's no real like not that I can think of. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We should ask some Provoians. Who know? Pro, some Provo hoes. Yeah. Provo bros. Guys, thank you so much. Tonight was fun. Dude. A fun taste of different things. Yeah. Ghosts. Demons and freaking whatever the hell that was in the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> the witch from Left for Dead. <laughs> uh, this was uh, these stories were scary, dude. I know. There's several times where I was like, no bueno, no, no making. <laughs> I know. Yeah, keep them coming, guys. Uh, the support, the stories, uh, we really appreciate it. So, Smash the like button yeah. and subscribe. Download.
share, leave a review. Uh, but we'll see you folks next week for episode 99. Crazy, bro. I remember hitting episode 30 and we're like, remember that 30 episode mark? It's like, if you hit 30 episodes, it means that you can do that, your podcast long term. Like you're serious enough about it. <laughs> I remember that. Me being too. like, wow. We made We made it. Sometimes I have weird flashbacks of the story, and I'm like, surely that was a couple episodes ago, and it's like episode. a year and a half ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah we since tripled like the, our number of episodes. It's insane. Thank you for, if you're uh, an OG, ride or die. Thank you for being on this journey with us. If you're a new one, thank you for being on this journey with us. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see you next week. Uh, trust you guys. Watch your back. Bye. Love you. Be safe. Be careful out there. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia, Crime Capsule brings you new stories of true crime in American history. I'm your host, Benjamin Morris. Join us for exclusive interviews with authors from Arcadia Publishing, writing the hottest books on the most chilling stories of our country's past. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. Crime Capsule. History so interesting, it's criminal. I'm an American vigilante. I have a question for you. What would you do if someone you cared about was abducted, taken from you? Would you call me? Would you care about how I got them back? Download American Vigilante now.